With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slayer, and thank you for joining us on this Monday. Joining me as they do every Monday to recap the weekend and week that was and whatever else comes to my manically crammed, packed mind, Jamie Steyer. Hello. I'm I'm having what you could call a pretty good weekend, Philip. I believe you are, and we're going to get to that here in just a minute. And Andy Mitz. Yeah, Jamie, that was a whole lot more low key than I thought it was going to be. So, I gotta save the energy. I gotta build up. To no, it. okay. So let's just let's dive in. Um, we are going to lead the show off today with some Big Twelve women's basketball because let's. I, I mean, look, Jamie is here. It's one of the two biggest Big Twelve hoops wins of the weekend, and so we're just going to address it right off the top here. Iowa State going to Waco. The clones, not lady clones, just clones. Going down to Mulkey Country, knocking off the Lady Bears. To the Lady Bears. Knocking off the Lady Bears in Waco. Something that hadn't been done in like, I think it was like 60-something games or something or other. I think 61. 61. Since 2017. So, uh, Jamie obviously was there providing the, I believe the role as analyst you have. I always like, I like, yeah. I like color commentator better because I feel like that's a more accurate thing than analyst because some people are actually analysts and some people are just there to commentate. Uh, colorfully but i am um, an analyst yes you're an analyst that's why we bring you on the show and not others uh jamie <laughs> I, look i didn't I did, I did not watch this game i did not have an opportunity to um i've seen a few highlights i've read a little bit uh jamie is is literally just like dancing ants in her pants excited to go <laughs> off so jamie uh do your thing well, so the unfortunate thing is that due to COVID, we can't travel. So road games, we broadcast from Des Moines. So here's myself and Noah Wolf, our awesome play-by-play guy, sitting in a studio alone, broadcasting this game where we just kind of keep looking at each other like, wow. But um, it was it was pretty incredible. So a little bit of background. Baylor had been shut down for about two weeks. They were finally able to play again. And I made the comment before the game that I really felt like Iowa State is in a unique position to be able to take advantage of that. And actually, Kim Mulkey echoed that sentiment after the game as well, that there's plenty of teams that Baylor could come off the street and beat because they're good athletes. They are well coached. They know what they're doing. Iowa State generally is not really going to be one of them that they just have that huge advantage on because... Not only this year does Iowa State have athletes that can compete with Baylor, but Coach Fenley's always going to have a stellar game plan. And I mean, that's what happened back in March when Iowa State beat Baylor on senior night in Ames was a great game plan. And then just coming into Waco, great game plan. Freshmen played with 
the most composure you could ever hope for. Ashley Jones had 27 points in 27 minutes. <laughs> uh, doing doing kind of her thing. But, I mean, especially after Iowa State beat Oklahoma State earlier in the week as well. On my mom's birthday. Great birthday present. Um, but... It just it just really showed that they're figuring stuff out. They're legit. Um, I will say that I would not be at all surprised if Baylor drops another game this year. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be Iowa State in Ames. It very well could be, frankly. Um, but Texas could get them. Um, they just they don't have the strong post presence that they usually do. They have good post players. Um, but Queen Igbo has a lot of foul issues. She can't really stay in the game for extended periods of time. And Gusters is a freshman and just isn't quite there yet. So it's a very different Baylor team than we're used to seeing. And still a great team. Um, still going to be in the mix at the top. But I think that this year, more than any other year in recent memory, there could be competition for the top of the Big 12. But Either way, the game was super awesome. It was a blast. Iowa State was up 13 in the first quarter. It was it was kind of wild. Um, it was just kind of a pinch me the whole time. Um, but it was great. The girls were great. The support on social media is awesome. Um, Cyclone fans, super, super happy. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty dang fun to have a two-game winning streak on Baylor. That slight shade there. I liked it at the end. <laughs> a little bit. I about muted you when you brought up the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game. I didn't pre-approve discussing that game. But well, hey, Oklahoma State's legit. They Genuinely, I was super excited to watch them in person, and they're good. They're going to win a lot more games. Yeah, they just went 0-2 this week. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, so, Jamie uh, is, is by law, uh, <laughs> contract, uh, whatever you want to do, required to kind of be political in this conversation so jamie's going to kind of has has had her moment uh, in the sun is going to kind of take a back seat andy here you, I, I believe you have some thoughts on 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 the game and some things that were said after the game uh, by by mulkey and and written about by uh, a certain uh, well-known sports uh network yeah yeah i mean so like you know obviously i saw the notification when it came across and i was like man that's a really really good win for iowa state that's, you know, huge in, in the Big 12 and kind of everything that Jamie talked about there. I, you know, I was echoing um, not following women's basketball quite as closely as, as some other people on this podcast. I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of how things go, uh, who the big players usually are and generally how good the teams are. Um, but what what really kind of stuck out to me, you know, there's this this ESPN story um, by Michelle Vopel about Baylor and about Kim Mulkey and what she said. And she is echoing a lot of sentiments that I've heard from a lot of different places. Um, you know, talking about how important it is to have the tournament, that the NCAA needs the money, you know, that maybe this isn't the best thing for us to be doing. But generally, you know, like in the middle of a pandemic, but generally what I've heard in most cases is that like, look, we all understand that this kind of has to go on. A lot of the players want to play, like all of those kind of talking points. She basically said... No, the season's going to go because we need a whole bunch of money and, you know, I'm not comfortable coaching. Uh, I've got people that, you know, maybe aren't playing. We have no idea what's going on. Everybody's doing something different, um, you know, but but oh well, like no one really cares. And to be honest, I, I think that's extremely disingenuous. Um, it strikes me very, very similar to the way that like, you know, Coach K started talking about that after Duke started losing 
Um, there's other teams like when, when, when teams start losing or lose big games, that's when you hear about a lot of this stuff. Um, but the one comment that she said that really kind of struck me is one, she talks about how they, you know, they need the money from the men's tournament because let's, let's be honest. The men's tournament is the one that brings in most of the money for the NCAA. The women's tournament isn't quite as important in terms of the dollar signs. Um, you know, but she, she talks about how we basically have to play, you know, because the NCAA needs the money, except they don't really have to play because there is already some high profile women's teams that have opted out of the season. Duke, Virginia just opted out this last weekend. Like there are teams that are opting out because they are not comfortable playing. They don't believe that they are in a situation where they can keep their players safe with, you know, the way things are set up. And if she really feels this way, the way that she's talking about in this article, then Baylor should go ahead and opt out the rest of the season. I'm not saying I want them to do that. I don't think it's good for competition in the Big 12 for her to do that. But if she is as concerned as she is saying in this article, then she needs to step up and be a leader. And, you know, they need to come to the decision of what it is that they need to do for the health and the safety of their players. And and, and so this is, this is, you know, another example to me of college coaches who are saying the thing that they think people want to say, but not willing to step up and back it up the way that they need to do it. Because again, if she is that concerned about the health and safety of herself and her players, the option that they do have, the NCAA has allowed everybody, is they can opt out the rest of the season to keep everybody safe. And and they are not doing that. So real quick, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but let me just say this. Allow me the moment to play devil's advocate. And that to me just means let me provide the counter argument for a reason as a different train of thought. Because I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, Andy. Um, I think sometimes we on the reader side um, see that argument, understand the hypocrisy of it. Because I think a lot of the coaches oftentimes in situations are hypocritical of stuff like this. That you're right. They only seem to care after their loss, after they're dinged, after something bad happens to them. And I agree. My counter to this would be this. I think Mulkey has a ton of power in Waco. But I also think she's still the women's basketball coach. And that only provides so much power. I don't care where you are unless you're at UConn. Um, Because Baylor is good at other things too. Baylor invests a lot of money. And I'm not saying, I don't know anything. I don't have sources. I'm not saying anything. I'm just providing the counter argument of Mulkey may be voicing the frustrations after having to play this game in this situation after everything that's gone on in the last two weeks because she doesn't, despite maybe being vocal within the university and athletic department against playing this season may have had the option to opt out taken away from her and if you're a head coach in that position do you just say screw it i'm gone best of luck everyone or do you try and stand by your team because that's the right thing to do when other people are pressuring you to do something that you don't feel is right again i don't i'm not saying that's what's happening i don't know what's happening but um when when it's jump on somebody season I do like to think of, okay, so what other situation could be possible here? Okay. So no one's got anything. Okay. Yeah. Right. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong and I, I don't necessarily disagree. It's just part of me is trying, part of me is trying to, I don't know, turn some new leaf in 2021 and not just assume everyone is a terrible person. Um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And I do think sometimes that that people might be, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to crucify her for making comments like that if because she might just be that way. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I completely understand that there are other considerations. There are some times where you are forced into those sorts of things. But 
you know, they did just come off of a pause. And yes, it's going to be tough to jump into a tough game like this right after, you know, you finally get your program back up and running after a COVID pause. But it's not like they are alone in dealing with this. Other programs have had to do that in the past. You know, it is it is unfortunately it's one of the realities of playing a sport in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. You're going to have times where you are at a competitive disadvantage because you have to deal with, you know, COVID protocols where your opponent did not. Um, But it's the same thing as if they had, you know, an injury Um, or if they had. Now, it is definitely a little bit different because if two players are injured, you can still practice with the rest of the team. You can still do that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, there there are definitely some analogs here to, you know, bad injury luck or other things like that. And, you know, we don't we don't hear people kind of talking about or complaining about the entire system as a whole when you run into some bad luck in some other, in some other cases. So like, I agree. I've actually said on my own podcast that like, maybe we don't actually need to be playing college sports, you know, especially with the way that college sports, that system is set up in the middle of a pandemic. But once we've all decided, including a lot of the players decided that we want to go ahead and do it anyway, you know, the, these are the realities we all have to deal with and sitting here and complaining about it, you know, and saying that it's such a horrible situation that everyone's in when you have another option that you're kind of hinting that you would like to be able to do, but doesn't it doesn't come across that you've actually seriously considered it. That's where I potentially have the problem. I, at the end of the day, I'm just glad we have sports to watch right now as a fan. And I also kind of think that we should care a little bit less about wins and losses this year and more just be happy we have sports to watch. But that's not something Agreed. we can actually do. Um, that's not, I don't think that's, that's a switch I don't think you can turn off. Thus, you're seeing major profile college football teams firing their head coaches in the middle of a pandemic where nobody apparently has any money to lay people off. But anyways, um, let's skip ahead to uh, the other what I would consider the team of the week. The men's team of the week in the Big 12 for me, that would be the Texas Tech Red Raiders. If you listen to last week's show, all of us kind of said, not that Texas Tech was bad or wasn't good, but that we just needed to see something more. I wasn't all the way bought in on Texas Tech. I am now. I will I will jump on the bandwagon. I will say that I was I should have been maybe earlier, uh, but up to that point, their best win was I think a road win at Oklahoma. So no offense, but it wasn't something on the resume to, to show that Texas Tech was awesome. Um, but going on the road and knocking off number four Texas seventy nine seventy seven when you were down ten on the road and Texas seemed like they had control of that game, and then Texas Tech turns it on. Matt McClung was awesome. His moment with Fran Fraschilla afterwards was hilarious. That shot he hit to win was just good grief. Awesome. Pure and simple props to Texas Tech. That was a huge one. And to follow that up, I know it was a loss to Baylor, but that is the closest anyone's played Baylor. That was the best game anyone's played against Baylor to this point. I don't think this is just some like Texas Tech is having a week. I think Texas Tech is finding themselves. I think it's not just a matter of now they have wins to kind of justify us believing that believing in texas tech i think they're actually reaching a point where they're turning into form for this season i think you see those guys who left i think this roster was a little bit big i think you had with all the new transfers coming in with a short off season uh, as i was talking about on my show at this point this point this saturday i think would have been if you had a normal non-conference schedule this saturday from a number of games perspective would have been like the first big 12 game for most teams from just a just a number of games on the schedule kind of thing like that's where we're at so it's weird to think of that way i think texas tech is rounding into form and i think even at you know even with where they are now there's still a legitimate team to look at and say 
this is a team that, that you should keep an eye on the rest of the year. I know they're four and three in the Big 12. I think they're out of it in, in Big 12 play as far as challenging for the conference title. But there's a pretty good chance they're going to finish no worse than third in conference play for like the third straight year. Guys, props to Texas Tech. Absolute props to Texas Tech. I, they they impressed me this week. I am on board. Get ready for another Chris Beard special where we're all sitting back going, the guy's just a good coach. What do we do? What do you do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the point that I kind of talked about a little bit last week is that we talked about how, well, you know, Beard's been good so far, but are people going to figure it out? And he continues to adapt. He continues to do new things. Obviously, well, not obviously, I'll say. I didn't get to watch either of the full games this week because they coincided on the same day as Iowa State games. So had some other priorities, but I saw plenty of what happened, followed along with it. And I mean, you get a combination of good players that start to click and figure out what their role is. And they are accepting that, you know, you don't, there's a lot of times where you can have a really good team, but you can see there's some friction where maybe you have a player who gets put into kind of a different role because of, say, a transfer or, you know, you've got young kids who are still figuring it out. Well, Tech, I think primarily because of the discipline of Beard, knowing that he's not going to let stuff like that fly, I just watching from the standpoint of having been around coaches for my whole life, I don't see that kind of weird body language, those weird kind of interactions. And I mean, maybe people who watch them more have caught anything like that. But for me, it just seems like they play so well as a team. So it elevates where, you know, the coaching's pretty dang good. The players are pretty dang good. They're good athletes. But when you play all together like that, they can be a great team when they are all firing. Yeah, I mean... You know, really what it comes down to me is that this team, you know, it seems like they finally rounded into form and that everybody is finally grasping what Chris Beard wants them to do. And I think what why Texas Tech is so successful is because Chris Beard has a really successful mm-hmm. system, especially defensively, and he gets everyone to buy in. And it takes a little bit of time, especially with the new guys or getting that chemistry to work or, you know, getting everything put together the way they need to. Um, but once they finally click then they are super formidable. And that's what you saw, not only in the game against Texas, where, you know, like Texas came out and punched them in the mouth in that first half, and they came back and they really figured out what it was that Texas was trying to do and found ways to stop it at the halftime. You know, they had great halftime adjustments and were able to come out and win that game. I actually went to bed <laughs> shortly after that that halftime, um, thinking that this game was pretty much over and I woke up to a nice surprise and went back and actually watched it because I had recorded the second half. It was super impressive that they did. And then that game against Baylor, like the defense locked Baylor down for about 32 out of 40 minutes of that game. And then Baylor finally was able to make the adjustment that they needed to, to go ahead and win that game. So Texas tech played really well against Baylor, even on the weekend, you know, and it's one of those things like I am super glad that Kansas played Texas tech so early in the conference season because they were able to catch them, you know, and barely beat them before um, you know, before they really had gotten it clicked at that point. And so like, this is going to be a very formidable Texas tech team. Um, really the, I think the only reason that they're not going to win the big 12 is because I'm having a hard time seeing where Baylor loses. Um, like if it wasn't for Baylor looking as good as they were, you know, or I should say, I'm, I'm not sure where I see Baylor losing enough to come back down to where everyone else is. Um, you know, and so like if, if Baylor loses one surprise game, 
and then say loses on the road to like a Kansas or, you know, even to Texas Tech or, or to Texas, like they could potentially come back far enough that a team like either, you know, Texas or Kansas or Texas Tech, if they can go on an insane run through the rest of the Big 12, the rest of the year, which isn't likely going to happen. But, you know, like that's the only way I see Baylor not winning the Big 12 title outright. And it's just unfortunate for a team like Texas Tech, who is playing extremely well, you know, that they are behind the eight ball enough now for them to win the conference. But they are going to be a really great team come tournament time. You know, this is why they went to the national title game. You know, the last tournament we actually had, they have a really good shot at getting back to the final four if they can keep playing like this. God, that's how long it's been. Good heavens. Um, yeah, you know, you look at the you look at the standings right now and Baylor doesn't have a loss in conference. Texas only has one uh, that, that, that loss to, to Texas Tech. Uh, I, I'm not saying Texas Tech gets out of it at four and three, but it feels like they are at, at, mostly because of how good Baylor is. I know Texas Tech beat Texas, how good Texas has been up to this point. Um, I just I don't know that Texas Tech can climb back up in it uh, at, at this point, but we'll we'll see we'll see. We are very excited to have a new sponsor for the ten twelve podcast to start twenty twenty one, and that is Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, specifically the lawnmower three Now I understand family jewels weird thing to say ha ha ha. We all love to make jokes about personal grooming, but let's get real for just a second. We've all tried. We've all struggled. It's not the easiest thing to do. Manscaped makes it easy. I'm not talking about going smooth as a baby's bottom. However you want it to be, whatever is most comfortable to you, I have a comfort level. I have now been able to reach easier than ever before. I'm sure you have one as well. So do yourself a favor and go check out the Lawnmower 3.0. Third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's got a little LED light, which makes things easier to see. It's got a really quiet motor. It ain't loud. Easy to charge, easy to use, incredibly comfortable, incredibly well designed, specifically for you and me, guys. The lawnmower is not the only thing that's great about them. They've got other trimming products, including for your uh, nose and ear, which let me tell you, as you get older, as I have, once you start dealing with those ear hairs, you're going to thank me for going to Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code 1012. Okay, 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2. You are going to like this. This is going to be something you are really happy to have in your arsenal. So manscaped.com, promo code 1012, 20% off, free shipping. And let me just say, you are never going to be more comfortable than you will after a Manscaped shave. Speaking of Texas Tech, did you know that they are the only Big 12 team thus far to not have a conference game postponed due to COVID? Not surprised. Now, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and be like, that plays into how good they are now. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But the, that leads us to kind of what our topic, our big story for today is. The thing I really want to spend a little bit of time on is at this point, um, the Big 12 has had eight, has had to postpone eight conference games. Five were this past week. We got five total games this past week. Three during the week and just two this past weekend. Um, it's normally 10, folks. So half the games this past week got played. We've got two more postponed coming up. And we had one back in December postponed between Texas and Baylor. Eight games have been postponed. Iowa State is going to go a full two weeks without playing a game. 
between the last game they played was on January 9th against Texas Tech. The next game they have on the schedule, barring something happening, is on January 23rd against Texas Tech. Guys, I I have been thinking about something a lot this past week. And it has to do with just thinking about all the games getting postponed. Um, some things that uh, um, Matt Norlander has said on, on their podcast, and then Fran went on Saturday and, and stole my whole thunder before we could do this podcast and stole my idea. So I swear I didn't just steal this from Fran. I We have been texting about this. You guys have, I got receipts, okay? We've been texting about this before now. Um, the Big 12 left themselves a buffer to make games up. The end of the regular season is on February 27th. Um, the Big 12 tournament is supposed to start on March 12th. With the NCAA tournament starting at some point the next week, they have not announced official days. We'll kind of talk about, about that in a minute. It, and I want to ask you guys before I go into my bit here. Um, that's that's about two weeks to make games up. You've got eight games so far. We've got a lot of games left to play that could be postponed. Would you rather, if it comes down to it, the Big 12 play the Big 12 tournament or make sure they play as many of the regular season games as possible? Well, okay. I I have two contrasting ideas on this, and that is to say that it's better for the league, I think, to play as many conference games as possible because I think it gives you a much better fleshed out idea of who's who who's truly better I think that the big I think that the regular season title is a better marker of that as a fan I think watching the tournament is more fun but as someone who really wants to see who the teams are make sure that the best teams are really where we really know who's on top who should be on top especially when you get into the NCAA tournament things like that I would prefer to see the as much of the regular season played as possible. Yeah, see, I'm I'm gonna go the other way because to be honest, like, yes, I would love to see all of these games made up. But one, I don't know the logistics of trying to get all these games made up is necessarily gonna work. I also don't want to get into a situation where, you know, the last like two weeks, say like Texas Tech, who hasn't had any games postponed doesn't play for two entire weeks leading up into the NCAA tournament because they don't have any games that need to be made up. So instead of getting everybody to the tournament, giving everybody a chance to play in one last competitive game before we get ready to go off, you know, or multiple competitive games, if you advance through the tournament and get those really good teams an opportunity to see good competition and, you know, get ready for the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, like I, I just, I think there's too much that's unknown at this point. Obviously, if we get to a point where every single team has three or four games that have been postponed, then that changes the the math on it, right? Like if, but, or like if we're in an instant, like, because cause the one thing that I don't want to have happen is a team like say, you know, Baylor already has like big games that need to be made up, but say that they have, you know, another game against Kansas and the other game against Texas. Like if they have multiple other big gigantic games, they're going to have to cram into two weeks, potentially, you know, four or five brutal matchups and then get ready to go to the big, to the, to the NCAA tournament. Um, it's almost, I think at this point, like we're looking at a weird season anyway. We already knew there was going to be a really good opportunity for people, um, you know, for, for, for teams to not have games and have unbalanced schedules and unbalanced resumes and all of this additional stuff. 
at this point, I think we just have to embrace it because if you're trying to cram in a bunch of these games, unless you're bringing everybody to a quarantine spot, like a bubble, which is going to require essentially that entire lead up, you know, all of that extra time. And then you have to play like four games in four days, which is not good for these guys. Like there's no, there's no real good way at this point, I think, to make sure you can get in all those games. So you might as well just do the, the, the normal tournament that you have. I'm going to go a little long here, so just bear with me. So the, some of the games have been canceled. Uh, Baylor has had two games canceled. They're against, their home game is against Texas and West Virginia. Those are games that can impact the Big 12 standings. Um, West Virginia's had three games postponed, one against TCU, one against Oklahoma State, and the Baylor one, as we mentioned. Iowa State, we mentioned, has had three. Uh, Oklahoma State's had two, one against West Virginia. As we mentioned, of course, Bedlam this past Saturday. And it's still mid-January. I have a hard time thinking that we're not going to see more games canceled. We're at we're at eight postponed thus far, not canceled. Sorry, postponed thus far. I'm not sure that doubles, but somewhere between the number now and sixteen feels about right. I mean, I, I, some someone else is going to happen, and when it does, depending upon when on this when in the week it does, that's probably two games postponed. So every time someone gets COVID, just think of it this way: at least two more games are going to get postponed. So if two more teams have a COVID issue between now and the end of February, that's four more games. So now we're going to be up to 12. Assuming that they don't play each other in that week. Well, but, yes. but, but even then, you know, it's, it's, it's eight games right now. So it, that's, it, it will, yeah. Don't math me, okay? It's Sunday night, it's late. Yeah. Um, so, A, I would rather have more regular season games played because I don't want somebody, and I think Baylor is the best team in the conference. So I'm just going to say that. But I also don't want to see somebody win due to a technicality based on percentages of games played, right? Like somehow Kansas wins a Big Twelve again. Sorry, Andy, because weird stuff happened, and then Kansas wasn't the best team and got to, or Texas Tech. I I want to play as many of the regular season games as possible. The tournament's fun. The tournament's great, but this is a year where maybe not. And the other thing about the tournament I want to talk about. Uh, and I mentioned this to Matt Lorenlander. At this point, we know the NCAA tournament's going to be played in Indianapolis. All the games are happening in and around Indianapolis. Now, there's no official schedule yet, okay? Um, but Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, has put out kind of his thought on what that might look like. Um, he says, because in the way it usually works, you play the Big 12 tournament, wraps up on Sunday. That Sunday night is Selection Sunday. And then that following week, we got games going. Saturday, though. Okay, so ends on Saturday. They always finish on Saturday. You used yeah. to finish on Sunday. Sorry, I forget. When Oklahoma State last won the, the Big 12 tournament, it finished on Sunday, and they got the 2C when they should have had the one. Anywho, um, leave me be. Finish on Saturday. Selection Sunday is Sunday. Tournament start that Thursday, right? So Norlander's belief is that with – all the travel, everyone comes to Indianapolis. Your first four will be on a, on the Friday, following section Sunday, and the first round will be all day Saturday and Sunday, not Thursday and Friday like it normally is, because you need some time to get everybody in, get everything set up, do all your testing, run through everything, make sure everything's good to go, right? So here's my big concern with the Big 12 tournament at this point. What happens if someone gets COVID because of the Big 12 tournament, and now Baylor is out? Or Texas is out. And all these teams that you've got, the Big 12 right now, and most bracketology projections that I have seen, the Big 12 has as many as seven teams in. Now, there's a lot of games left to play. The Big 12 could get seven 
of 10 teams in the NCAA tournament. All this is leading to this, and maybe this is just me being fearful or, or afraid, but what is more important to me? Getting as many regular season games as possible and winning the regular season tournament, or the regular season crown, which I think is a more important crown than the tournament crown, and making sure you go to the NCAA tournament. We got a lot of time between now and when everybody's supposed to go to the Big 12 tournament. But if I had to choose, I would cancel the Big 12 tournament, make up as many of the Big 12 games, regular season games as possible, space them out so as well as you can to fit as many in, and give yourself a nice buffer window between the end of Big 12 play and the start of the tournament to try and make sure that everything is okay. I want every Big 12 team who gets a ticket to the dance to get to go and play. And I think that the regular season games will matter more from an impact standpoint on the selection committee than the Big 12 tournament games. Those tournament games do impact things, but they're always kind of like that, like, well, it's nice you did this at a neutral side and the last games of the season will bump you up a seat. I think winning, if you're Texas and you get a chance to go to Baylor, and get a quad one win, would you rather have that win or maybe you get to face Baylor in the Big 12 tournament? Maybe. Maybe that matchup happens. Maybe it doesn't. If you're West Virginia and you are you know that a quad one win over on the road at Baylor could bump you up a seed line, would you rather have that or maybe you get to face Baylor in the Big 12 tournament? I would rather play all the regular season games, have a little bit of a buffer window, get as many teams in on Selection Sunday, have a regular season champ and go to March Madness without any issues. Now, look, things could happen. Someone could get COVID anyways, and, and and that life is what it is. But I almost to this point think that the from the standpoint of resume building and getting to teams into the tournament, that the regular season is more important, especially this year, than the tournament is. So I, I honestly, though, I'm going back and looking at the schedule now. The last Saturday of Big 12 regular season games right now scheduled is the 27th, okay? Mm -hmm. The tournament is not scheduled to start until March 10th. Right, they have two weeks. Two weeks Which means, right, which means they theoretically could leave a week there for quote-unquote quarantining, bring everybody to the location for the tournament, you know, four or five days early, play two to three games in a nice condensed fashion to figure out whatever it is they need to for tournament seating and then still play the tournament and keep everybody in a bubble, you know, a, a bubble, how much, however much you actually want to bubble it, um, you know, and over the course of a week or a week and a half, do both three to four games for each team to get everybody to where they need to be. And then also do the tournament. I like I think that's much more likely for them to try to do it or for them to go back and actually reschedule things late in the season, you know, because there there's some nice windows here where we've got four or five, you know, days without games. I'm imagining that the 25th, which is a Thursday, is probably going to be one of those days where they are going to try to cram some of those makeups into um, just because it's a, it's a it's a spot in the schedule where they don't have any games currently scheduled. You know, if there's two teams that are supposed to match up that haven't matched up yet, that both have games on Monday of that week, um, which I'm actually I'm looking right now. Uh, okay, Kansas and Texas is the is the big Monday game. There are no other Monday games like we usually have. Theoretically, if Kansas and Texas needed to make a game up, like that would be perfect to do on say Thursday, 
of that week. Um, although they've already played one, so that would be the game they'd have to make up, would be the Monday one, so never mind. Uh, I mean, but they definitely have options there where they could actually use that Thursday to make up one of the games and then bring everybody in early and try to go ahead and get it set up. So I think additionally, just because, you know, there are so many things that aren't set up and they built in that big buffer period, they still have a lot of options to get everything in. Like now, if there's teams that have six or seven games that they haven't played, it means one of two things is probably already happening is they either are going to be in a position where they have completely solidified their you know, NCAA tournament bid and don't necessarily care about playing the rest of the games, um, you know, or they're going to run into a situation where they really need those games and, you know, be, you know, going on a run in the Big 12 tournament is actually probably their best bet anyway to actually make the NCAA tournament. So I, I just, I don't know. There's so much uncertainty still at this point and where we are right now. Yes, you can make a decent assumption that there are probably going to be a lot more teams that are going to have more games that need to be made up. Um, but there are definitely a few holes in the schedule where they could try to make those up during the season. And, you know, we're much more likely, I think, that, you know, some of those games aren't necessarily going to matter. And so they'll decide, well, we don't necessarily need to make those up. We'd much rather have a the higher revenue of the Big 12 tournament, you know, and, and kind of everything that comes along with the Big 12 tournament and crowning your, your actual true champion. Because if you remember, the Big 12 regular season title is not actually a thing. Like the big 12 champion is the winner of the tournament every year. And yes, we talk about regular season titles, but I also remember being a Kansas fan, other big 12 schools always point out the fact that, Hey, you're not actually the big 12 champion for winning this, you know, the conference in the regular season X number of years in the row it, because the big 12 officially crowns whoever wins the tournament. Winning the regular season is far more challenging than the tournament. Winning in the regular season is far more impressive I agree. than winning the tournament. I get like we can. T- I get your technicalities. No one talks. Can you like? We all remember who won seasons. We don't remember who won tournaments unless your team won the tournament, right? Like I get it, but we all remember. Or your who Iowa State fans. Yes, we all know. Aim south. Um, okay, so I just. Oh, I can't wait to way. get back there. Um, I would like to tell like it, I want to hear from listeners, all of you guys and girls who listen to the show. Love all of you. Um, I want to know what you guys think. We'll obviously put this on on Twitter. Um, I'll probably run a poll on Twitter and just see what everybody thinks and bring it up at some point, either Thursday or on their Instagram live on Wednesday. Um, so let let me know. If you want to shoot us a DM because you listen to the pod and you're like, or you just want to whatever. Uh, we do have an email address, by the way, if somebody wants to. It's just. 1012podcast at gmail.com, T-E-N-1-2podcast at gmail.com. So in case anybody ever wants to email us, you can do that. Uh, but hit us up on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N number 12 word podcast. Hit us up on the gram at 1012pod. Um, and we'll, we'll put a poll out. But I'm, I'm curious what people think. I am I am by nature someone who is slightly um, conservative in my way of thinking as far as um, scheduling and trying to do things without major issues is concerned which would explain the the amount of stress that i put myself under on a daily basis with a two-year-old running around the house who's almost tall enough to basically scrape her head on every single like countertop corner and open cabinet but we'll save that for therapy sessions um so yeah let's hear what everybody has to say i want to know what you guys think i'm really interested i love the tournament the tournament's awesome it's super fun i'm also a person who look the mid-major tournaments, like the small conference tournaments, are some of the best things in the world. 
those championship games are amazing. Those things are fun to follow. I nerd about them. I also understand the argument that the regular season team should go because it's more impressive that your regular season team is really good. And then your team with a losing record who came as the seven seed pulls off the upset and goes to the tournament is going to not even win the play-in game. I don't care. I love it so much, but it's very, very torn by these things. Anyways, um, so why don't I hear what you guys think? Because um, it's it's fun topic for me. Just Just one other comment. If we don't have the Big 12 tournament, how are we going to have the Jerome? Because the Jerome is one of the most wonderful things. For, for those of you that have never participated in the Jerome, I highly recommend it. The entire point of the contest is that you go and you pick who wins every single conference tournament in all of college basketball. And you get extra points for picking like teams correctly that are outside of the top three seeds and you know teams that aren't playing on their home floor. There's a whole bunch of other additional stuff to go on with it. But for those that completely nerd out for conference tournaments, I highly recommend that you check it out. And we need as many conference tournaments as possible so that that can actually happen this year. <laughs> the Jerome. Okay, I'm gonna have to do some. Got to do some googling here in the uh, in the off season. The Jerome. Yeah, I'm very interested. In Is it how did it? We'll, we'll, off air. We'll talk about this off air. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. I, I highly recommend it though. The Highball Network is your new home for podcasts that meet you at the intersection of sports and entertainment. Featuring personalities like Christine Butterfield, Madison Morris, Randy Heights, and Ryan Chapman, the Highball Network will keep you entertained while delivering high-level analysis across the entire spectrum of sports. The Winning Women podcast preaches female empowerment and covers stories of perseverance and breakthroughs for women in sports. Sideline Warning delivers fast-paced commentary on sports all across the national landscape, complete with plenty of roasts. And for you Sooner fans out there, the Heisman Park Rangers covers the entirety of OU athletics, from football to softball and everything in between. Like the Highball Network on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Highball Network to stay up to date on all our latest projects. You can find Highball Network podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, so we are... Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, later. Um, Podcast successfully. One of the... Uh, when we read our new... Uh, God, yeah, you did. This is just. <sighs> Someone throw some whiskey at me and send me to bed. Um, when we <laughs> uh, when we came back last week, we read off some new uh, rev- podcast reviews that we got on iTunes. Shout out to everybody who left us those. Um, we would love more of them. So if you like the show or don't like the show, uh, but want to leave us five stars anyways, and then tell us why you don't like it, just because one star is kind of mean. It's just mean spirited, but whatever. It, it's more the leaving one star and then not explaining why you didn't like the show, but whatever. I'm not going to quit grabbing. Um, so if you want to leave us a comment, iTunes, wherever, please do. But one of the uh, comments that we got suggested they wanted like a, a Q&A, a quick Q&A, like pew, pew, pew. Not doing that sound effect. Actually, I'm going to do that sound effect. That's literally what we're going to start doing for the new lead into this. Just pew, 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 pew. Five, five quick questions. Uh, I'll try and do it with guests as well. But I, we uh, here <laughs> have, uh, have, Put five questions together, and I'm going to shoot them to you guys, and then I'm going to answer as well. And we're going to run down these bullet style, uh, and then I think we're just going to wrap up there. Oh, no, wait, real quick, before we get to that, um, if you are not on social media or don't follow Oklahoma State anything, um, do yourself a favor and go learn the story of D. Williams, uh, former walk-on who joined Oklahoma State, who found out that he, and this is now today, has been put on scholarship. Um, his mom lost 
her job. He was working 40 hours a week at Walmart plus doing 15 credit hours. Still got like all A's and a B um, just to, to make money for the family and to help pay for school. Uh, he's been a walk-on since 2019. A scholarship became available at Oklahoma State and and they gave it to him. And look, when, P, when teams put out videos where a kid finds out they got put on a scholarship, you couldn't... No, it's like cutting onions around me, guys. Like, I'm going to get teary-eyed. I'm a grown man who will cry, and I am not too proud or, you know, Burnley or whatever to, to admit it. Uh, it's a great video. It's fantastic. You can find it at Oklahoma State uh, Cowboy Basketball Twitter put out at OSUMBB. It's a great story. Uh, Fran Fraschilla is pumped because, like, he has met with D. Mitchell. and really, I said D. Mitchell. Did I say D. Williams? I meant D. Mitchell. I'm, forgive me. Um just go check it out. Go check out the story. I think Norlander put a story up. Um, obviously, as I said, Fran Fraschilla, if you follow him on Twitter, he's posting about it. He loves it. It's a great story. Um, when the kid starts crying, I'm crying. So you guys just go check it out for yourselves because um, it's awesome. It's it's fantastic. And I love those things. I love them. I love them. That's no issue one. So, of course, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Five quick questions. Uh, no long explanations unless I ask for one. So just give me some quick answers to these things. We're supposed to do like five on a regular basis, but I think I only came up with four. So we're just going to run with four because I couldn't think of one unless somebody wants to throw a fifth one out at the end. All right. Um, we'll do Jamie, Andy, me. That's our order. Okay. Uh, so number one, uh, what is your uh, – in honor of the Chris Beard – tweet after their win at texas when they were stuck in the runway because the plane couldn't leave and they were having a little q a session and it was friggin' awesome uh what is your uh what's your go-to waffle house order pecan waffle and a side of bacon Ooh, yeah so uh the all-star special got to get that pecan waffle you know on that uh with sausage you got to do sourdough toast with the strawberry jelly and your eggs over easy Okay, I don't have a go-to specific like my order, but I do do one thing every time. I order the table waffle. If you don't, I don't know what the table waffle is. It's like ordering an appetizer for the table, but it's a waffle. You just order a waffle for the table to enjoy before everyone's food shows up. Do it. You you will thank me. It's the best thing. Um, okay, number two. Uh, which Big 12 game, thanks NFL, uh, do you, football game, do you want to be on Nickelodeon next season? <laughs> Uh, I want the worst possible game on Nickelodeon. I want Kansas versus uh, whoever else is going to be the bottom of the conference. I want that so bad because it would make it at least entertaining. We want people to like the Big 12, Jamie. So that's just mean. Uh, Andy? Uh, It's got to be Baylor, Texas Tech. Because I am just imagining the teenage, you know, Nickelodeon um, commentator having so much fun with the fact that it is the butt bowl. <laughs> oh, I, every every That's teenage valid. boy will be validly excited. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State TCU because no matter who wins, uh, uh, a winning coach is going to get slimed, which means that all of us win. Because it doesn't matter if it's Gary Patterson or Mike Gundy, one of them is going to get green slime dumped on them, and they're not going to like it. And we are, and we will all be winners because of it. Uh, okay, number three, uh, favorite Mel Brooks film? Oh, um, the one that I've seen, Young Frankenstein. That's that's it. The one, the, at least you've seen like the best, or one of the best ones ever. I mean, to contextualize, let's recall that I'm 24. 
That's not a valid argument. Mm. I'd seen I'd yeah, seen most on. of them like by the time I graduated high school. I don't want to hear it. Andy, I don't want to hear about anything from you Andy? regarding this topic. Andy? Um, okay. I'm gonna go with spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, you just you stole you stole mine. Like I Oh you, it's it's spaceballs. <laughs> like it's it's easily the most quotable and stupid. Um now look, Young Frankenstein is the best one. And if you can ever watch it, like with commentary, you should. Uh, but yeah, Spaceballs. Okay, uh, last question, uh, because we're going to do this and then we're going to post it on Instagram as well. Uh, who is winning the Big 12 regular season? Because the tournament is not the real thing that matters. Who's winning the Big 12 regular season? Uh, Baylor. We're talking about women, right? So Iowa State. No, no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Baylor. you. I didn't Baylor want to be the for one sure. to say it, but that, you know, hey, that, that did cross my mind. Uh, Baylor for sure. Uh. I'm gonna go with Texas. I just I, I don't want to, we I, we also can't just all say Baylor. That's not very exciting. I mean they well, we they can. could share it with Baylor, but but yeah. Hey, sharing is caring. Okay, sharing is nice. I'm trying to teach my daughter about sharing with her sister, and it's going quite well. I might add. Uh, anybody got a last question? Because that's all I got. You unprepared sobs. I I could have come up with one if uh, yeah I, had I didn't been realize told. I was supposed to have a question. No, I'm just kidding. All right, perfect note to end on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> make sure, thank you to our sponsor of the show, Manscaped. Appreciate having them on the show uh, to start 2021. Uh, make sure you check out the Highball Network. They're good folks. They put out some good pods. Uh, make sure if you are following us on Twitter so you can check out our poll regarding whether you would rather play all the regular season games or Big 12 tournament. And don't get into, like, you want to comment, argue with me about blah, 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 whatever. Bring it on. I love Twitter arguments on a Monday. It distracts me from my real job. Uh, so follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 1012pod. Uh, we did not have an Instagram live last week. The plan is to do one this week. These are going to be on Wednesdays, uh, probably about 8 o'clock, 745, something like that. We're going to figure something out because my daughters are going to bed half an hour. One of the oldest ones going to bed half an hour, eight later, so my whole schedule is all thrown off. Anywho, you guys don't care about that. So we will have Instagram lives. Follow us on the gram. We also post exclusive content. Like uh, I put out the uh, way too or my way too early Big 12 power rankings for the 2021 college football season. Big 12 rankings on the Instagram. If you want to know what they are, go check it out at 1012pod. Uh, make sure you leave us a, a, a rating and a review. Five stars, please. And then tell us what you like or don't like or have a suggestion uh, in the uh, in the comment in the rate or the review and uh, we might take it on we're going to try this four or five question Q&A quick thing on the reg and I'll try to do it with guests on Thursdays uh, as I mentioned Thursday we will be back uh, on Thursday with guests who I have not lined up yet and I'm not going to tell you who they might be or won't be because then they won't happen so we're just going to roll with it <laughs>